this yesterday, and I'll tell you why. Uh, when we get into the show. When we get into the show? Yes. It's 7.47 a.m. Saturday, June 22nd, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane yeah new and different dare to be different i've been digitally altered sorry see all these things make new noises now too it's a weird thing but it is oh you have the candles lit i do why do they look dim today well, I think because, because I'm going it's, blind. No, because oh. I think that it's just a brighter day. Just lighter out. Because yeah. you know when we used to light them in the autumn and winter, it was pretty dark outside. It's true. It'd just be so. crack of dawn at eight a.m. Crack yeah. of dawn. Anyway, here we sit on another Saturday morning, and it has been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. Wouldn't you say, Diane? I would say. Yeah. But I particularly would say that today is going to be a hectic day and a wonderful one. Well, that's true, too. We've got guests coming today. And yeah, yeah. I've got... going to be having dinner and golly. Dinner and a concert. That is what All we right. promised. Dinner and a concert. So Bill is performing Bill tonight. Who? Oh, right. At the Treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> come one, come all. <laughs> No, no one else come. Tickets available at Brown Paper Tickets. <laughs> one of my college friends, Linda, yeah. is in the Northwest right now. She's been having a pretty adventurous time. She's been doing kayaking and uh, hiking and camping and stuff in the Northwest out in various places. And, cool. Um She's been here for a couple of weeks, and she is ending up her trip with us. So um, she'll be going back to Denver area tomorrow. Cool. And in the meantime, we are going to treat her to a little concert. Yes. And we have invited, as other audience members, Mm -hmm. your daughter. My daughter? Your daughter, Alice. I'm not old enough to have a daughter. (laughs) I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. What are you, I don't, what are you talking about? I, yeah, ah, ham and eggs. Gee, does my dad know about this? Uh, and the lovely Amelia. The lovely Amelia. My kids! <laughs> so your kids are coming over. That's cool. Too. That'll be fun. Why am I so nervous about it? I don't know why you're nervous about it. I guess I'm nervous about the fact that I have to cook food for it. I'm usually I'm used to just cooking for me because I've been on this diet for you know a couple of years, and and so I'm I don't know I don't know that the stuff that I eat every day is stuff that other people would even like, because I think I go heavy on the oils and you know stuff like that. Maybe I cook things more than people like things cooked, but I like uh, when I do roasted veggies. I like a little bit of caramelization. I mean I like them to be cooked well enough that they're a little. Because I think that brings out sweetness. It's Cooking with Bill on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Welcome, friends, to another episode of Cooking with Bill. Where we not only learn about what Bill cooks, but why Bill cooks. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. And what cooked in Bill that led him to cook? You boy. This way. That's good coffee. And how cooked is it in there? Sorry. <laughs> 
you know, I'm in a weird mood. I've got, see, I should tell people that I'm trying to, and this is a traumatic thing for me, and I think I'm handling it very well, convert to a new computer. So, and there's all these things that I'm trying to get used to, and I don't know how used to them I want to get, but I guess I need to. Otherwise, I'm just a fuddy-duddy. I feel, that's what I feel like. I feel like a fuddy-duddy. Well, that's why I was saying I was going to talk to you about something today. It was, it was interesting because... <laughs> Diane's um, been feeding me these little clues for the last two days. No, just for... Well, well since, guess, since yesterday. Since yesterday. About, you know, things that she's saving for the show. That she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to exhaust them, you know, in preliminary conversations with me. Well, because you always say that, why are you talking about this now? Why don't you talk about the show? But I don't really want our life to be structured that way. <laughs> you have to understand, I'm not really asking for that as a, because they're not, we don't do a long enough show. That's true. To cover all the stuff that we well, talk about. Well, it just was because it happened I yesterday. Know. I know. If it had happened early in the week, it would have been different. Well, let's get to it then, shall and we? <laughs> I've got cooking to do. <laughs> well, it came about because of the computer. Right. You know, uh, uh, so Diane got a new computer, a new MacBook. Well, Air, I got it because because I needed a computer. You needed a computer. And we were trying to think what kind that we should get for me, and then I realized, well, Diane usually gets a new computer every couple of years because of her job. So why doesn't Diane get the new computer, and I can have her old one because her old one is, you know gazillion times better than the one I've been using so but I erased the disk of the old computer and I couldn't get it to so we had to work go, again had to so go. I had this horrible period of time of thinking oh my god I did something wrong I've destroyed the computer what have I done um but we had an appointment to go to the genius bar and and it was, as it turned out, it was nothing. It was basically just that our network probably had a glitch, so it just wasn't able to download the system, the operating system when Remotely I was trying to... when you called them on the phone. Right, when yeah. I was trying to do it. But uh, I was telling my office mates about this, and I have this wonderful... I know I've talked about this before, but I just love the people I work with. And from time to time, we will just get into a, a small but intense conversation in between our work. And uh, I was telling Chris, my um, good friend and co-worker, that we would not be able to give him a ride home. We usually give him a ride home right, because right. Uh, he lives... He lives on the way. On the way. Yeah. Because we were going to go down to get our computer fixed. And, and uh, somehow... We got into this conversation with Chris and Deanne, my other uh, co-worker, about technology in general. And I don't really know the, the start of that conversation other than that I was talking about getting the computer back up and running. But Chris said that he was sort of a Luddite. And I was thinking, man, if you're a Luddite, we are, I don't even know what we are. But because he's he's quite technologically savvy, but he said that he's not always into the new and and greatest thing, and that he usually just inherits uh, his partner's old stuff right. because right. he doesn't want to get it himself. 
and then he gets used to that thing and and likes it and stuff. So and he's, I, he's just he's not really a luddite, but he's he's several steps behind the the, the newest, newest and novelist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. And he was saying um, when he said that, I said, "Well, I still have a flip phone," and and my coworkers were not making fun of me about it, right. but they were just talking about it. And I said, "You know, I just I just find that." That's one thing I just really don't want to, I don't know. It's just the one of those technologies I just really don't want to do. And because Chris said he was a Luddite, I said, you know, something you might really enjoy is California typewriter. Hmm. And uh, as a documentary, because we had watched that. I own it. I don't know. I own it. Well, now I do too. We both own it? Well, I... I kind of wanted to... It's a great movie. I watch that movie a lot. It has a lot of really impressive philosophies that are stated. And and I just really liked a lot. I could have chosen so many clips. But a, the reason why I had chosen this one clip that I sent to you is that I feel like it expresses the way that I feel about using technology in my life. I don't really think of myself as a Luddite because I really, I have been on the cusp of computers um, of the the newest and greatest ever since I first got into computers. But In the, in the 1980s, that's in the, in last, the 19... last century. 80s, yeah. <clears throat> but I always have been going to the next level Right. And part of the reason why, and I was talking to you about this, part of the reason why I do is because my career demands it. Right. If I don't keep up with that, then I'm basically saying I'm not going to continue in my career. And I I get great joy out of that. I mean, I, I was thinking about it yesterday because I was so, my mind was so pleasurably engaged in my extremely technological work, uh, I was thinking how your mind is sort of, I think it's interesting that they use the word surfing on the web, because even in my job, there's a certain feeling of surfing on that, you know, just that you're catching a wave and going on it and, and feeling that speed and freedom of thought that you were able to get what you're thinking into this place really quickly. But I also think that there are certain aspects of technology that are overcoming us that I don't really want to participate in. For example, Apple watches or, iPhones. uh, uh Apple. yeah, for iPhone, anything that's kind of starting to, to demand that you do something. <laughs> I feel like, you know, for example, Apple watches telling you now it's time for you to exercise. Now it's time for you to do something. I, I don't really want a machine telling me what to do. Even, even that if you kind set it up to do so, it's a, it's, an, yeah. it's still an invasion of your space. I don't know. And, and I am not saying at all that that is uh, problematic for other people. Yeah. It's just my own choice. And I, I feel like that's one of the things that has been on my mind 
is how do you use technology in your own life to to pursue your own happiness and not let it overcome you? I'm not picking the typewriter because I think it's hip. It's the best version of the idea that's ever come around, you know? And for me, I think the best way to live is to incorporate the best of the last hundred years into a hybrid that works. Write a book on a typewriter and promote it on Twitter. You know, why not use the spectrum? You just have to make sure you get yourself a typewriter on eBay or, you know, some Blade Runner-y kind of back alley deal and say, well, I'm happy to be typing on it. And I think that that's something that we're all dealing with at all times. I think human beings have always been. How much do I want to do? How much is going to give me productivity and pleasure? And how much of it is going to be oppressing me right. in some sort of a way? Don't you think a lot of it is generational? I mean, I think for uh, in our lifetime, you know, we're called upon to do away with paper as a concept, yeah. as, a, as a tangible, touchy-feely, crinkly substance in our lives. We've, we're, we're in the midst of that. I resist. In our lives, there were tape recorders, televisions, telephones. Yeah. And then along came computer. Now, I can take and I can accept tape recorder and computer together. I can even accept television and tape recorder together on the computer. But for some reason, I can't do the telephone and the computer being the same thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not able to make that leap. And I think that every generation has a technological boundary beyond which it takes too much away from them. You know, like for me, the idea of audio recording is a very big part of my life. Yeah. That's why for me, the being able to use the software that I do all my audio stuff on on this new computer was so important to me because I don't have an, another method anymore. I've kind of given, I've let go of all the other methods of recording, you know, in terms of music and multi-tracking and, you know, putting this show together, whatever. Uh, so I kind of have bought in that far. But I think every generation has a buy-in cutoff point. And I well, think for me, of... it's the telephone with the computer. The computer already contains the tape recorder and the TV. Yeah. But I just, for me, that that's where it becomes an invasion. That I'm not really, I'm not really willing to join those two together because that means that all of that stuff is in front of me all the time, and it's all demanding my attention. And I like real life, you know. Yeah. I'm, I, I feel like that's one of the things that's a struggle. You talk about surfing the web. I feel like so much of people's lives are that's in that surfing kind of mind and body set. That is not solid ground. Digital information has no tangible, touchy-feely, crinkly yeah. anything to it, you know. If the equipment breaks, it's gone. Yeah, it's true. It's not like you can go and get the tape recorder fixed because one of the belts broke. Well, and that's true about the information being gone, too, because right. uh, I had put together painstakingly over a period of 20 years this wealth of a treasure of a database right. about all the personnel in pharmacology over many, 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 many years, I think since the beginning. And 
I carefully honed it, and and <laughs> then I left the department. And what? And within a year, something went wrong, and the personnel database is gone. So and it really is gone. It is really gone. Really. Yeah. And this was on a. And what was the program that this was on? Uh, FileMaker Pro. So this was a, a DOS program. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought that was. DOS. I thought the student database was on DOS. Oh no, you're thinking of the student database. No, oh. I'm talking about. A database I created. Oh. oh. Student database. Oh, the database that you let, like that you kind of left in pharmacology with. Yeah. Here's how I do this, and here's how I do that. Yeah. All those manuals and things. No, this is a database that had all the people, all the personnel. That you've been recorded. using for the training grants. Yeah. Yeah, have been your resource that you'd built. But it was also a resource of every person who had ever been working. And this I mean, was I had gone into past files and entered that and information. this was accessible to anyone. Yeah. yeah. And now it's gone. And they were asking me, how would you find this information? I said, well, <laughs> First, <laughs> you start 30 years ago. <laughs> yes. And by now, you've got it. Easy. Yeah, backups, backups, people. Yeah, and backups are great, but you know. But if if, I the, like if we're unplugged all the sudden. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that I and that's not, and so we're being asked by the culture, to trust the cloud. That's when we were just having this conversation before we started the show. Anyway, yeah. I just, it was interesting to go to the, uh, the, genius bar yesterday because. First of all, going to the Apple store in general is so futuristic, right. <laughs> even as you're living in that future. But not for any of the other people in there. No, I know. Well, but it is for me. <laughs> I know. You know, the, I know. The, uh, the building of the one that we go to down in the University Village is quite impressive. Yeah. It's it's sort of a squarish box. It just it's just but it just large screams high end. And it also it's extremely um, expensive. I mean the oh. the architecture itself oh. must have been amazingly costly. When I walk in there, they I think... have a whole sheet of of glass wall that when you went in and you're in, all it is is glass and. High ceilings, but it, everything is glass on the. First. The whole front of the store, they can open it. It's all there. It's just a series of doors that swing open right. if it's you know for ventilation or whatever during the day. They just have them standing open. You just stroll in to this place, and you know I'm I'm constantly thinking, I wonder how much microwave radiation is in this room because everything is wireless in that room. Yeah. All these ports where you can put your charger. At, your iPhones and stuff on every table, and there is no Genius Bar anymore. Yeah, that's it's like the a thing Genius was... Lounge, and everybody's walking around with handhelds, and you know that's how they find you, and you know. But you have to kind of identify who the employees are. Yeah. Uh, they only have a black T-shirt with a little tiny Apple logo, so black T-shirts are popular in the Northwest, and yes. you're kind of looking around. Is that an Apple logo on us? But anyway. Um, I went and I said, where's the Genius Bar? Because I was used to having a place that really was the Genius Bar. You went to the Apple Store and one part of it was the Genius Bar. Right. And he just led me over to a particular place to sit down. At one of the the tables, there's like four or five tables, long tables where people sit. 
and he said, someone will be with you in a moment. And, and it turned out to, that I had done everything correctly, but I just had uh, this network problem at home that wasn't allowing the thing to download. But it was so funny because all we really came to do was download the operating system. Right. And as it was putting, getting put in, they had that, the line that comes up and shows you how the progress is of, of, the, uh, of the upload. Of the upload. And Bill kept saying, really, hasn't more time gone by than that? And I... It's said, it said seven minutes for at least five minutes. Yeah. Down. What the heck? And that's when I was thinking about the Eddie Izzard quote. <laughs> and you're tip-tapping away these days, and the thing comes says, would you like a software update? And you go, yeah, I guess you want it. <laughs> it's like a latte thing. It says, you just carry on working, and we'll update it while you're doing it. Okay. Would you like to know details of the software update? And you go, no. <laughs> or sometimes you go, yeah, and it goes, and you go, I don't know what that means. It's just updating security, oh, that's pretty good. Spoon bending monkey jumps, and they go, oh, I don't know. okay, I'll take them all. And then it puts up the blue line. The blue line of time appears on our screens. And the blue line controls our lives. It has is, it is controlled time in a way that Einstein never believed possible. For we're sitting there tapping away and it says eight minutes to download, seven minutes to download, six minutes to download, eight minutes to download, two minutes to download, nine hours to download, six seconds to download, eight minutes to download. Einstein would have gone, what the f... E, e does not equal MC squared. E equals PN to the five times ten to the monkey nine. And then it says... Okay, download, all the numbers count out, and then it does that stripey one, and it goes, oh, thinking about it, thinking about it, oh, I don't know. Shall we give him the update? I don't know, I think about it. It's like someone's putting things in drawers and shit. And, and before you can get the update, it says, sign a new agreement with iTunes. And I don't know about you, but I have signed many agreements with iTunes. I don't know what they want from us anymore. Don't they realize we agree with them? <laughs> they must be paranoid at iTunes going, we must ask them again. One more time. If they really, truly agree. We've asked them 38 times. No, one more. I'm just not sure if they agree with us. And they have made us liars. We cannot tell the truth anymore. You cannot reprimand your children. No, Johnny, you said you, you didn't have a biscuit, but those crumbs on your face, and you did have a biscuit. You have lied, but you said you had read the terms and conditions. <laughs> when you tick that box. It was too quick for you to read the terms and conditions. You read it in the twinkling of an eye. The truth is, no one in this room has read the terms and conditions. No one in New York has read the terms and conditions. No one in the universe. Even God has not read the terms and conditions. That's probably the big gap between the beginning of the earth and when we turned up. He was reading the terms and conditions of the thing he just made. Because anything could be on the terms and conditions. Anything could be on there. We will take your buttocks and sell them to the Chinese. Fine. We're going to rearrange your toes and number them. Yes, yes. 
going to put your underpants in hedges around the world. Yes, fine. Because you get to that point, you want the update. You, you didn't know what it was, but now you fucking want it. Give me a fucking update. And then you get the update, and nothing has changed. Technology is weird, and I, you know, I am, I'm uncomfortable during the transition, but I know it has to be done, so. Well, be... everybody's always uncomfortable during the transition. Yeah. I think that that's part of the deal. We're always in that mode. Yeah, plus I spend a great deal of my time looking for signs of geezerdom in myself. And boy, it's just, it's in the last five years it's gotten to where, okay, shut up. Okay, I don't need to, I, I don't have to, there's no search involved anymore. I'm being bombarded with my geezerdom. You know, on a regular basis, I no longer have to watch out for signs of it. I'm I'm interested in watching out for signs of non-geezerdom now because more rare, less mainstream. Well, that was basically what I'd wanted to talk to you about because I was revisiting the California typewriter uh, movie yesterday, and it's a good one. I just love that documentary, and it has so many little treasures of wisdom yeah. within it from different people speaking right. and then you were asking me about what i wanted for music today and i said that i wanted to do some um something we'd already done before even a song that we'd already done before and uh the reason why i felt that way was because i just recently re-listened to it this week and was thinking about how Revisiting songs over and over again really allows you to to revel in their wisdom. Because one of the things that happens when we're talking and, and hearing things <laughs> is that our minds are pretty active about what's going to be going on next. And even when we're listening to something for the first time, we're kind of waiting for the next uh, revelation. We're not really sitting with the thing that has just been told us. That, that's my experience anyway with lyrics. That's why when I used to get a new song um, on a record when I was a kid or in high school, I would listen to it over and over and over and over. And I feel, always felt like it was sort of getting used to it and then treating it like a friend in a sense yeah but this song really hit me um it was closer to fine because i was thinking about the wisdom of the lyrics saying that that you can't really come to uh what is the the word they use um definitive that you that you can't really just say this is a definitive <laughs> there there are a lot of gradations of life and i love the way that they set that song up the examples that they used and um and the ways that somebody goes through their life trying on different things so that they can have a definitive but the, but in the main what you're trying to do is just explore life right. and the primary ingredient of life is change so to, to, to we're set up to where we we want things to stand still but they never do you know something's always shifting and, and stuff like that 
And, you know, there, usually there's a period of our lives that we see in this kind of, that we have an amber in, in some way that was just the, you know, it was when America was great or whatever. <laughs> and we hold that as the time that we don't want to go beyond because that's yeah. where we were happiest or whatever or, you know, something like that. There's a, some set of circumstances that get locked in deeper than all the, other, all the transitional stuff that's always going on. And so you, you move towards that for a certain amount of your life, and then you spend a good part of your life moving away from it. Yeah. And all of, that constitutes the pattern of the change. Everything changes. Um, you know, you want things to be better, and then you want things to be like they were, kind of, in a way. Well, in some ways, I think that the um, the place that we are looking back to that we thought everything was great was when we were kids and everything was kind of mysterious and golden. Yeah. I, you know, unless you were in a really bad circumstance, childhood yeah. is a real magical time. Yeah, the things so. that you're, you're being bombarded with are things that you actually put to use in shaping who you become. After a certain point, the things that you're being bombarded with seem more threatening and are not, there's not a bunch of wonder around it. It's more like, you know, just being overwhelmed. And it's, so it doesn't have that golden childhood magic because not only are you being bombarded with at the same rate or even a greater rate than you were as a child, but you're responsible You've gathered a bunch of responsibility around you that wasn't there as a child, and that makes it harder to appreciate these things, and you have to be more choosy, and you have to conserve your energy, and, you know, you can only be available a certain amount. You can't just be wide open all the time. So it's it's interesting that that's, that life is set up that way. Well, and I, but it's pretty I find it cool. so interesting that the Indigo Girls wrote this when they were young. Yeah. And... Uh, it has a lot of wisdom for older people, I think. I think when you're young, you have access to a, a first set of metaphoric ideas that you want to express. And it's the noise of the, your life expanding that makes that harder to do. And I think that's one of the reasons why sometimes if you're, you're young and you're engaged in a creative process, you can capture something that you don't even know you're capturing. Because... You're just, you're just reaching out into that area for the first time. And the stuff you bring out tends to be more universally true because it's less particularized to you. So as a song, because I mean, I feel like there's a couple of songs that I wrote when I was in my 20s that I sing now and I'm just like, holy shit. Well, comfort, Yeah, that's certainly. one of them. And even like, you know, Concrete Tree or whatever which was in my 30s. But, you know, when you're looking at yourself at 60 two and in your 30s I was a kid yeah back then you know it's just how it looks I feel I like I would like to have the two songs be my favorite two indigo girl songs which are closer to fine in Galileo okay well that's a lot of information Diane that's 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 a major amount of information but I, I agree completely those are my two favorite indigo girl songs too Followed by a ghost, which is... And I feel like even when we revisit these things, I mean, maybe our listeners have heard it, that particular show, maybe not, but uh, we all like to hear the things that we like again and again, so...
Well said. I'm revisiting California Typewriter and I'm revisiting the Indigo Girls. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Maybe give me insight between black and white. And the best thing you ever done for me. To help me take my life less seriously It's only life after all Yeah Well, darkness has a hunger that's insatiable And lightness has a call that's hard to hear And I wrap my fear around me like a blanket I sail my ship of safety till I sank it I'm crawling on your shores And I went to the doctor I went to the mountains I looked to the children I drank from the fountains There's more than one answer to these questions Pointing me in a crooked line And the less I seek my source for some definitive Closer I am to find, yeah Closer I am to find, yeah And I went to see the doctor of philosophy With a poster of Rasputin and a beer down to his knee He never did marry or see the great movie He graded my performance he said he could sit through me I spent four years prostrate to the higher mind Got my paper and I was free I went to the doctor I went to the mountains I looked to the children I drank from the fountains There's more than one answer to these questions Pointing me in a crooked line and the less I seek my source for some definitive Closer I am to find Closer I am to find I stopped by the bar at 3 a.m. To seek some Up with a headache like my head against a board Twice as cloudy as I'd been the night before And I went in seeking clarity I went to the doctor I went to the mountains I looked to the children I drank from the fountain Then we go to the doctor We go to the mountains We look to the children We drink Unless I seek my source for some definitive Closer I am to find Closer I am to find Closer I am to find
was on the block The crime was looking up the truth And as the bombshells of my daily fears explode I try to trace them to my youth And then you had to bring up reincarnation Over a couple of beers the other night And now I'm serving time for mistakes Made by another in another lifetime How long till my soul gets it right? in your lifetime 